don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. Yeah, I know. I'm 12 hours late. Congratulations to all of you that are hearing this in 2024. Well, it's 2023 for me. I was going to do it a few days ago and call it Christmas rap, and then I thought, I'm not Eminem, and I probably rap as good as I rap a present. So we're going to do a little end of the year closeout, talk about the show, a few things we've mentioned before, catch you up on those, store developments, what we're doing on the podcast, as well as upcoming shows for the new year, take a look at a few things going on around the world, discuss a few little highlights. End this out before we start the new thing. I had some things I wanted to do to get on the show. I thought, I'm only really doing it to get on episode one, and I'm not ready to do it, so I'm not going to force it. But let's kick this off and going, because if you're choosing to listen to this, you ain't got long, hopefully, because you got a party to get back to. So, welcome and goodbye to 2023 right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. So I wasn't procrastinating. Even had some people message me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think a show's coming out tomorrow. And then I, I, I decided to enjoy taking a week off. Got some family came to town. I wasn't expecting when I was on my way back here. So that was nice. And then all the things I've been working on, I was trying not to cram it or force myself in just to have it done for episode one of season five in a couple of days. But amazingly, I did decide to get a lot of work done last night. I was, I was sitting in the back of church, <laughs> went to church with my mom. So I'm sitting back there with a notebook and planning out some gray man stuff and getting all things tied up. So let's start with some things we're doing on the show that you might be interested in. Check the show notes for this one. I am redoing all of the show notes. So if they still look the same to you, I haven't redone them yet. Mainly the uh, links I put in for certain platforms, the YouTube one's wrong. That's, or I'm sorry, the Spotify one's wrong, which is Spotify's fault. They, amongst all the stuff I talked about before, they screwed something up, but I'm redoing those notes all the way. I don't think I actually need to have those in there. Anybody can go to Spotify for podcasters and see where the other options are. I'm, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but a couple things. One of you've seen, one thing you've seen is the gray man store, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, don't buy anything. Please don't. Uh, we'll get back to that. So one of the things I did is I turned on subscriptions. I have a plan for things for that to provide that are extras other than the ad free experience. But I want to explain to you how that works because I had to kind of figure it out as I was going. And I imagine it could be confusing for some people. So here's how it works. If you are on Spotify, the actual green app that also has all the music and the playlists, and that's where you're listening to the show. When you go there now, if you didn't already notice, what you'll see is every show listed twice. It'll look like a glitch, but it's not. It's listed twice because it's showing you the option to have ad-free. 
if you want to subscribe. You don't have to. If you if you don't subscribe, nothing changes for you. But for those who want to do it, the way it looks is you have two entries. So one of them looks exactly like it normally did. It says, here's the name of the show, the episode number, you hit play. The next one will have the word uninterrupted in brackets before the title. And then at the bottom of the description of that show's entry, you'll see the word paid. And you'll see that there's a lock where the play button is. What's that's telling you is you can't play an uninterrupted ad-free episode because you're not a subscriber. If you choose to subscribe, what will happen is all the shows where it shows uninterrupted with paid will stay and all the regular ones that look like they did the whole time will be gone. So you won't visually see them if you choose to do that. It essentially looks very similar for those of you who are listening on Spotify for podcasters, the purple app. And in the show notes, I'm going to put, they gave us two links, one to use for each one. One of them doesn't work. So I'm going to give you the Spotify for podcasters link. If you want to go in and subscribe, but you don't need the link for Spotify green itself because right there in the show, it says, you know, if you want to subscribe the price, it'll tell you is $2 and 99 cents. That was the low one that they had $2 and 99 cents to get you ad free. They give us like six things to highlight as the reason why we're doing this. And I picked what I pick. I picked three of them. I think, well, I paused to find out where the three, three were. <laughs> I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. So one of them's clearly that if you pay the two ninety nine, you get ad free. You'll you'll never. It'll be as if there's never any ads for you. So you'll have that option. That that's for all the shows. Number two, there are some episodes that I can make past or future to be subscriber only. What I've done is I went through. I thought a lot about this for a while, and I thought, what would I do? How would I came up with so many options? So what I did is I screwed. I'm just going to do it. Just let's make this happen. And I did it last night. So I went through and I picked based on rules I made up in my head, which ones are maybe or maybe not gray man related or not necessarily gray man related as far as the content of the podcast go, but it's things people enjoyed that I would continue to do more stuff of that maybe the main body of people don't want to listen to. And it turned out I took 19 of them. This was when I was done, I counted them. There was 19. So I don't know, this is like episode 183, not counting the bonus ones. So about 10% right now are listed that were already there as you can't hear them again unless, unless you're paid. So sorry if you've been around this long, but I know there's only a few of you that listen to all these podcasts and I'm positive there's a few of those you probably didn't listen to, why some of them you probably listened to multiple times. But what that gives you the ability to see for those of you who choose to look that up is it'll give you somewhat of a starting point idea of the types of future shows that I will put on the paid side only. And a lot of them are distracting. Like the one that was about podcast, about podcasting, I left it public because a listener wrote that in and I wanted everybody to hear that listeners writing questions and who they are because he wanted us to know and that we're sharing his podcast and that I was talking about how to do a podcast. I, I left that one, but some of the like prepping ones I did even throw a little gray man ish or the, I, I took out, I think I left all the everyday carry ones though, but I took out a lot of the prepping ones, one of the bug out bag ones. You'll, you'll get the idea. But anyway, so that's, that's what it looks like now for everybody else out there, all you, all of you on Apple, which is the majority of listeners and you're listening on other platforms. However, they list a number of the shows in there. I'm not entirely sure. But what I do know for sure, some of them by the time I record this may not have updated. Some take two or three days, but most have already done it. If you go down the list, what you might find, or if you compare it to, say, the Spotify or Spotify for Cogpasters list, there's just some podcasts that aren't there. A total of 19, actually. They're just not showing up because they're subscription only. As far as the rest of them, if you're still listening on, say, Apple, for example, and that's where you want to stay, that's fine. 
but the ads will always be there just like they were before. So nothing changes for you. You don't have to change anything. If you want the ad-free option, you have to go the Spotify route or Spotify for podcasters route if you're, if you're wanting to do that. So I did, so that's the ad-free thing. The other thing I can do is, I haven't done it yet. I'm gonna, a few minutes from now when I'm done with this, I'll be looking to see what changes are there. I can take shows when I, I do these usually in bulk and I schedule them. I can do early releases for subscribers. I don't know how I'll work that out. I've kicked around ideas like if I'm going to continue to do, say, a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, do I kick them all out one day early or do I do a special one on Sunday and do it on Friday for everybody? Or do I take one of the three and produce more specific content just for the subscribers to get? I haven't, I haven't decided. I'm just letting you know that's out there. I'm sure within two, three, four months we'll figure out <laughs> how I'm doing it. But those are just so you're there. And it's mainly because... If you're on Spotify or Spotify for podcasters, you're going to see the change in how things look. And you might be like, what's going on? What are they doing? I did it. And here's, here's the explanation. Now, the other option I have to do is to create videos on there. I, that's an open-ended option. I haven't made plans for, but it's available. But this feeds into YouTube, not YouTube video stuff. If I do video stuff for this podcast and I put it on the paid side, I imagine the way it will go is I'd leave it up there for a while and then eventually make it public or make it like make it an early release thing. You know, like publish a video I do that's paid only and then say, okay, it's released for everybody in two weeks, for example. And that simultaneously is when I publish it on YouTube. I don't know if I'm going to do that. But there's a few of you on an app called Google Podcasts. The big Google company has a podcast app. It's about the most simple looking podcast app in the world. Like many of their experimental platforms, they've thrown in the towel on Google Podcasts, and they're migrating that into what's called YouTube Music, which has been around for a while. Podcasts started going up there in March or May or something of 2023, and I just learned about it recently. So I went over to look because they're like, yeah, you can just move, move your account over, and they were actually talking to the listeners, not creators like me. So what I have to do, because I want to try to exploit that platform, is I actually go through these episodes this is why you, people, if you do a podcast, this is why you want to have catalogs, you want to have a numbering system, because I did have a numbering system, MP3 files, in case this ever happens. I have to go over there and upload, like, all of them. I don't think I'm going to do all of them, but I think I'm going to do at least 90%. And I, what I might experiment with the ideas I talked about earlier about, I wanted to renumber these or, like, put all the everyday carry ones together, put all the famous ones together. I haven't decided yet because I haven't started doing it. I might do that on YouTube and just bulk them together and say, this is when those are recorded. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. But I'm going to put those over there so that the Google people have that on YouTube Music. But that is doing a podcast like you're seeing right now where you you got a picture, you got a description, you're hearing audio, and there's nothing to look at. Like I originally started that on YouTube. People hated it. People hate that stuff. <laughs> but that's what YouTube Music's for. And there's people doing it. So I'm going to be uh, figuring that out at some point. So if you're a YouTube fan and you would like to start using YouTube Music, yeah, we'll get there at some point this year. And we'll see how that plans. That's a big database of people which would give us more questions more interaction more things going on more ideas on shows maybe some good follow-ups to stuff some of you brought up maybe start getting more voice messages i don't know but I, there's a big big group of untapped potential right there to find some listeners that can help make the show more enjoyable for you now that brings us to the store if you're on facebook or twitter I might have only done it on Facebook. I think I did a couple on Twitter. I put up some links to the store to link you to specific items. I'm not putting those in the show notes. I'm going to tell you that you want to go look at the store, 
go to my Facebook, go to Facebook or Twitter and just look up Gray Man Concepts. Because even though the podcast is called The Gray Man Concept, the company is Gray Man Concepts, plural, like the podcast used to be titled. So at Gray Man Concepts on Twitter, at Gray Man Concepts on Facebook, it's the same picture and symbol you're seeing. And you'll see a couple of links going over to Teespring. Now they call themselves Spring. And when it comes up to whatever I posted, on the top of that website page, you'll see the word explore, which is stupid. But that basically means everything I have listed. There are issues I have with the website and how things are working that I don't particularly like, but I'm willing to work with. Here's the problem. Here's why I don't want you to buy anything. <laughs> this is not a sales tactic. This is don't. Don't buy anything. I found out, after I had everything set up and started advertising it, found out I can actually order samples for, it's not like a super cheap price. I, I have to buy them individually and I get, I don't know, two, three bucks. I get coffee cups. I was saving two or three dollars on what they sell them for which is about $5 below what I'm selling them for. And my mom wanted one, so my mom orders one, and it's fucked up. So first of all, the quality of the porcelain cup itself is pretty lightweight, pretty flimsy. I accept the fact a lot of the stuff's going to be made in China, but when it's a totally crooked, barely on the bottom of the cup stamp, I have suspicions about the bulk ordering process and where these are made and how flimsy they seem to me. And then... It was a black mug. It basically looks like the symbol for this show you see on your podcast app where it's black with the gray man symbol and gray man white. That's one of the many designs I did. So part of it had these white specks. And when I saw her pull it out, I was like, oh, these are, you know, like packing foam or paper dust, something like that. And then trying to wipe it off. Anyway, short version is it's super smooth. It's not a chip. It's bad painting on a shit product with glaze over it. And somehow it got through the quality control process because there probably isn't one. There's probably a pallet of cups sitting there next to a machine and somebody just loads in, you know, 387 cups today and a computer program prints them out and they have no idea that they're garbage. So I have a couple more cups coming, a white porcelain cup. I have the white, I have an enameled um, camping style cup coming. Those, those are products that are on there. I have like two or three t-shirts coming of different designs, which are one or two of them are regular basic cotton and one of them is what they call their base layer, which isn't really a base layer. It's a men's longer, slightly heavier t-shirt. I use them like to sleep in or starts to get a little chilly. I want to take a look at those and I want to see what the printing looks like. I want to see what the shirt looks like, the quality of the cotton. I want to wash it a couple times. I'm also with my mom's cup going to get on her email account and do a, a nice, I mean, nicely worded, but I'm going to do a way like, Hey, we need to return this, get this fixed. I want to see what the return process is like and how they're going to solve this issue because the very first one that comes out is crap. <laughs> oh my God. So I want to see how these things go. I want to see how they look. I want to make sure it's worth the money. Because here's the thing. I I got to tell you, when I saw the prices on this stuff, I was surprised. Basic rule of thumb when you see any prices on there is with the exception of stickers, everything is about a $2 markup in my favor. The reason I went with $2, because some of them I was going to go as low as like a buck and a half or something, was I can't do a coupon unless I can still make money. If it goes into the negative, it won't even run it. It won't even let anything sell. sell. So based on their prices, most of them are out at two bucks to allow, to allow for a 10% coupon. And then I, I still make anywhere from 15 to 45 cents on a product, especially on like cups or the cheaper t-shirts. A few items like, there's a couple like the base layer shirts, a couple of sweatshirts that are kind of pricey, I think. I had to go like three and a half dollars over to give you the option to take a 10% because I wanted to do like 15% coupons. 
the markup would be insane on that. I did go around and spend the last couple of weeks checking out a lot of stores that sell products like this. I was looking at t-shirts and stuff. I was looking at other companies and like influencers of different sizes that have stores and some that have Teespring. And I went to stores that sell coffee cups and water bottles and all. And I was looking at prices that people are selling things for. I don't know how often these things are selling, but I was like, all right, I'm in the neighborhood. I'm even cheaper than some of these things. But I was, I don't know, maybe it's normal that porcelain coffee cups cost 15 bucks. But they're like, yeah, they're like 13, 12 99 and so I had to put them up at fourteen ninety nine just so I could have the option to run a coupon <laughs> if I want to do it, you know, for like a holiday thing. So I'm super skeptical now because of that coffee cup. So what I'm saying is don't buy anything. I've already screwed up one order I did, and I was just ordering samples. I had to do two separate follow-on sample orders to get it right. I need to do a return process on this one that's messed up to see how that's going to work out for you because I need to decide if I'm going to keep this best. I'm going to do a store regardless at some point. But best case scenario is everything's fine and it's just those coffee cups and then i just take down all those coffee cups and we don't have porcelain coffee cups and everything else is fine that's the best case scenario uh worst case scenario is i shut the whole damn thing down and then i go find one or more stores that has products that i try out order samples from start <laughs> spending probably longer than i want ordering a t-shirt here and a coffee cup here and a whatever sweatshirt over here just to see what the product looks like to go like okay maybe i end up with two or three stores where i okay at this company we like t-shirts because they make they're the ones that make good t-shirts and then over here we're just going to do one type of sweatshirt because they're really expensive and you know so we'll just do the one cheaper one but it's a pretty good you know i don't know we'll figure it out but i'm saying you can check that out I, i do want you to look at some of the designs like i got the full speed ahead thing for the navy and the, this will defend series for the army where these these watercolor photos or watercolor art things that i did and then i got i was going to do them for the other branches and then i've got the designs off the show or basically the main logo you see that's black with gray men and white with the little speaker symbol thing the reverse version of that with white with black lettering the gray man squirrel says the gray man concept and then the gray man symbol that just said gray with the tall gray man that one's in there a couple of funny one-liner ones. I eventually wanted to put a bunch of silly joke type stuff up there. Stuff like I say that's not super offensive or maybe have a totally offensive one. I don't know. So anyway, I'd like your thoughts and ideas on at least the images. What you think of the images. If you're knowledgeable enough on product pricing and you've got an opinion, please let me know. But just to give you an example, I put all the all the t-shirts varied, but I put them all at like twenty two ninety nine, which puts me at $2 over. So like regular cheap cotton t-shirts that you get a print job on, for example, that suggested price made it like a $14, $15 markup. Sweatshirts were like a $25, $30 markup from what they're making. Porcelain coffee cups were like 20 bucks or 24 bucks. You know, and I put them down to 15. It was, I was kind of shocked, but it might be normal because I don't really know. So you check that stuff out if you have time. You want to tell me about the images right now. I'm just going to do the product samples. I'm going to take a look at those, deal with this return process, and determine whether or not I'm going to do the store. If you're hearing this well after 2023, like especially if it's at least later in 2024 or whatever, take a look at the show notes. Because I'm going to leave this episode up so that you're caught up if you're a newer listener months down the road, years down the road. If the show notes now have a link for one or more Gray Man stores, it'll say the Gray Man store, Gray Man merchandise, anything like that. What that means is this problem has been solved. We have the store up, whether it's through this company or another one, and you can definitely, we've quality controlled it ourselves, check stuff, 
paid some money about our pockets to sample to find products we think are worth the money. If you don't see that in the show notes, we ain't there yet. And I'll tell you when it happens so we can figure out what we're going to do, what kind of products we're going to have. Because I know people wanted some. I just, uh, I guess I assumed it would be too easy. I didn't think it'd be this hard, this difficult. I mean, it's not super difficult. It's just time consuming and disappointing is really what it is. Now, looking back at 2023, I talked enough about the show recently and things going on and things that were motivating me. A couple people pointed out about finding my ranking on Apple Podcasts. So that, depending on your listenership and how big you are, that fluctuates a lot. The how-to category of education, that subcategory isn't super big with super big shows. Not, I mean, even the bigger shows in there got some decent numbers, but they're not. Like you go over to social sciences, there's some pretty big shows on there. You know, you go to regular science, there's big shows. Uh, some of the other, like, obviously like the crime ones are super big. And on any of the subcategory or main categories, the farther up the ladder, the farther up the flagpole you go, the bigger the gap is in listenership from those people. So it's cool that we're on a subcategory that we fit into that happens to be lower level listenership in the fact that it allows us to be seen on that list, but it's also lower level access, but it makes sense for us to be there. So I'm not too concerned about that. And if you want to look at Apple Podcasts, you're on Apple Podcasts, go look at the most recent review. I've talked about going and looking reviews. A longtime listener, I had no idea who it is, wrote that review. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is the kind of review I look for. I was like, man, I was thinking like, does this dude do Amazon product reviews? Because <laughs> I want to know where his account is so I can see what he's written. It was very nice. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's, I'm clearly biased. It's my show, but I do think it's a fair, I guess I'll say it's a fair way to look at a show when you're in favor of it without like, um, you know, he's not trying to massage my ego and he's not trying to be people in. I think that's a very fair evaluate. I agree with it, of course, because it's me, but it's a, I think it's the right way to look at a review, especially from somebody who doesn't write reviews. And I bet if he wrote a bad review and it was that long, it'd be very well worded and, and probably fair and impartially written. So I, I, I really liked that. I also learned there was a, somebody pointed out when I saw it in there too, you see the one bad one that's like a troll. I don't think it's a troll. I think she's lost because reading that review, it's like, that doesn't, we don't talk about any of those things. You know, oh, he's a far right, far right wing. I'm not, no, I'm not. <laughs> that should be clear. Or uh, I don't talk about women, so I don't know how I could be a misogynist. But anyway, uh, it's funny. But there's, uh, yeah, if you want to check those reviews out and see them, I, I've looked at some others and floated, found some older ones that were really nice. And I like the ones where you can do them by episode. I think that's helpful for people. It would be for this show because there's a lot of people that like this show but describe it as like a random random or some synonym of random and i was like that's offensive and then i was like well it offended me and then i was like well no i guess it does seem like that to a lot of people and that's fair they like the show so what do i care i, I don't have to like how they like it you know they like it they're here that's good so let's see looking back at the year i'm not going to really tell you much about the episodes we did and why we've had the breaks we're, we're got a consistency plan here how it's going to play out I'd like to do it. Th- I'd, I'm not going to say this, but my my head, I was thinking about Mr. Ballin. For those of you who know him, who just blew up in the true crime series on YouTube, he used to say forever on his older videos for years, I do two, sometimes three shows a week. Like that's kind of the goal, two, sometimes three. I'm not going for three consistently, but there might be times due to travel or other situations where I can't do three. And then uh, he only does one now because all he needs to. He's making a ton of money, probably making better shows. I haven't watched it in years. Check him out though. He's everywhere. His podcast versions that are not video, they're audio only, are typically ad-free. 
which is cool that he does that because he's I know he's making a killing. He can make more killings now, but I think it's that's how I would do it. Like if this show was really big and we had like millions of people listening on YouTube or something, the audio versions I wouldn't be doing. I probably wouldn't be doing ads. I mean, making so much money anyway. I don't know. Maybe I would. I try not to be greedy. I try to treat it the way I'm treating that store. Like make it a good good product. Make sure we want to charge money. I don't want. Uh, okay, I'm gonna quit bitching about that. As far as what's going on in the world, I do get asked questions about Israel. If I'm gonna do a show on it, probably not. Here's why. I don't care. Way too many people jumping on bag wagons. People are late to the party. People pretending like certain places are about to blow up into something when they've been a problem longer than anybody on the planet's been alive that people buy into. The thing is, if I did a show like that, I'd do like the other ones and I would do it right. The problem with that is it would take a lot. First, the Bible would be involved in different biblical texts because they're ancient, not scriptures, ancient texts and stuff that document certain events that have happened. I don't want to get into the whole Bible prophecy thing and what swings, what, what, whether or not the six day war was this or that or the other wars and what. Some of that does play in though, because like biblically with, if you know what Ishmael is and look at that, there's things the way that can be interpreted right now. And people would want to hear that. And to some degree, I think I'd be fair. It would only be fair to mention some of that, but I wouldn't want to get off in the weeds in it. Maybe the guy in the Y files will do it. He does pretty good stuff like that. We'll see. If you haven't checked that show, check it out. Um, so, which I don't know, I think I mentioned it before. Anyway, he does conspiracy stuff the way he, early on there, Kubernetes could tell what he believed, but now he does them really well. It sounds like he believes them. And then he comes back, tells you what else he found, how he, he dip, always debunks part of it. Some things he really believes in, he chooses not to debunk at all, but it's, it's pretty good. And the goldfish, if you think the goldfish is irritating, just wait like three episodes, you'll be in, you'll be sold. Goldfish is hilarious. It's the only thing on YouTube where I watch the ads they do when they when he does his sponsorship ads. It's hilarious, and Gertie the camel's the best. So anyway, Israel. So then there would be a whole lot of history, even if we didn't do the Bible piece or any of that type of stuff. There'd be the whole history of the lands and how they're brought up. I mean, we'd even be talking about the Levant region and ISIS probably, and some other organizations over there in different countries, and and how this goes back and forth to this and revisit the whole thing about what being pro-Palestine really means when you're actually, you know, there's a difference between being pro-Palestine and being pro-Hamas and one of them really means you're pro-Nazi and, you know, but war crimes that are happening, Israel's not innocent and in that we'd be looking at who's actually supporting the war now versus who wasn't. But there's a couple things, two things I want to mention about that that I think are important because I'm not, right now I'm not doing a show on it. I have no plans. Um, I have one concern and an observation you should look into that will explain a lot. First is this, especially in the last five years, but quite often, especially when anything involves the Middle East or country, people write up as scary. Everybody wants to talk about nuclear war, civil war, especially in the United States, especially politicians. Oh, nuclear war, nuclear war. All of them talking out their ass. Here is reality. So, Despite all the stuff people say, there were a couple of close, while there were a couple of close calls, some very smart individuals took care of them in the 90s. So aside from those close calls, the closest we really ever came to nuclear war was the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's the point we're at now. Here's why. And this is a short, short rundown version. If you want to look more into this, there's plenty to find on your own because I don't have a plan for, I mean, if enough people, 
it would take so many of you to say do a show on this it would have to be overwhelming beyond any amount of contact and messages i've had before so like 10 15 20 you do it i'm not doing it right now israel's inside hamas okay they're getting rid of hamas in palestine a duly elected government which may or may not be legit but actually probably is it's backed hamas is backed by iran funded by iran well-known fact Hezbollah to the north in Lebanon is a similar type of organization. Formerly terrorists became a political organization, took over the government, has their own terrorist wing or militant wing now. They're always messing with Israel too, but they've started ramping up their amount of bombings, bombings and stuff and attacks to where Israel's talking about, started openly saying, we'll go up there and screw you up too. And they're also finance funded by Iran, et cetera, et cetera. My concern is if they actually go ground and invade Lebanon, I want to know what Iran's going to do next. That's going to determine as the first big step of the fate of the world. Here's why. We already have Houthis around Yemen going after all these different ships. And we got the Navy going over there and other people getting involved. A lot of talk being done, but the talk's being kind of hidden on the news. That is the only news story I'd be listening to right now. That is the future of the planet. That area right there around Yemen is the only area in the Middle East that matters. Period. Despite other wars that go on, that's the only one that affects the world the reason why is whether you're going through the strait of hormuz or the gulf of aden look up the numbers of the amount of trade that goes through the world trade look up that percentage look up oil percentage of total oil look up waterborne oil trade percentage look up where it's coming from and where it's going big parts of that are asia to europe but actually affects almost the entire planet look at the food products that go in there and the times of years and stuff I mentioned before you can find about how much like the Chinese Navy involvement's in the Red Sea that goes up to the Suez Canal in this whole area. As you can already see, by the way, I'm speaking, this could be an awesome area study. We actually used to use this as a training scenario years ago in that program in Arizona when we had really good solid groups of people, the really, really good squared away ones. Uh, they would do this exercise thing with me that involved exactly what we're talking about right now that's starting to somewhat unfold. So with all that going on, would Iran take their Navy out there like they've done before, but actually start messing around? And then when they start messing around, everybody will freak out and they'll say, nuclear war. And then what happens if the UN and NATO get involved and they're all like, no, I don't think so. And they all send militaries and everybody's going nuclear war. I would love that because it means nothing's going to happen, very likely. The problem will be if, NATO, or if Iran goes a different route, whether they send people there or not, and they start getting more involved or they start sending some of their troops over. You know, the IRGC, they start getting more involved in, say, Syria to try to put more troops on the ground to be in direct military support of Palestine area for Hamas and Hezbollah and Lebanon. And then if it ramps up to the point where Israel gets pissed and says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fly some airplanes over here and jack you dudes up because that's almost happened quite a few times and we've stopped it. I don't think we can control them the way we think anymore. And to a point, we don't want to. The government doesn't want to. And it's not because it's Joe Biden. It would, if Donald Trump was in office, there wouldn't be a whole lot be different either. I don't care what he says. And if he gets elected, you'll see. It won't matter. So the issue then will be, one of the things Israel has said that's out there, you can find this, just people don't want to talk about it. People want to pretend like they know about nuclear war until something legit comes up. They're within their right, legally, where they probably could have pulled that trigger if they wanted to on Hamas. Chose not to. Very smart of them. But at that point, if they're under attack, from because their point of view, they'll be under attack from Hamas, they'll be under attack from Hezbollah, okay? Not Palestine and Lebanon, that's how they see it. They see it as Hamas and Hezbollah, part of Iran, and then Iran attacks them. I wouldn't put them past them to go launch one of those. 
and confirm their nuclear power, which they are. This is the hottest it's ever been. This is the most potential it's ever been. People have always pulled the religion card and pretend like they were military analysts and understood this is it. Nothing, nothing comes close. None of the previous ones even mattered. Almost every single time we were there and there was like, oh, it's this religious thing or, oh, it's this about oil. Nobody knew what the hell they were talking about. None of that was a concern. This is a legitimate concern that I have. And there's people in the past said, oh, Shammer, Shammer says that. I listen. Yeah. Well, guess what? Last time I said that was about North Korea and some things did change that I forecasted would be what it would take and it, and it happened and I was glad. I still watch them though because they're freaking crazy. But that's the closest we're coming. That's why I, I talked down the nuclear thing with Russia. I was like, this is dumb. People don't know what they're talking about. They're talking out their ass. They're just people that want to pretend like they're smart. So this is something right now I'm looking at as the biggest potential. Okay, some things have to happen for it to look very real, for it to be a serious concern. But that's literally the only thing in the world I care about right now. Not because it's so big, I've shuffled things. There's nothing else for me to look at that matters. I mean, I pay attention to plenty. I, you remember the times I've done this or done when I did the website and I did those sit reports. I said I'd talk about putting on here an audio. And what did I do? I ran down stuff I look at all the time. I look at that stuff all the time now. It's stuff people don't even pay attention to. Believe me, I follow a lot of that stuff. The only thing that matters right now is Israel because of the potential I just described, not because of what is already happening. That being said, a lot of people are pretending like they understand the economy and debt and who's funding who and why and what. They're all talking out their ass. I don't care who they say they are. I have yet to hear anybody anywhere that knows what they're talking about. Now, millions upon millions of YouTube accounts and there's bloggers and there's podcasters and people who worked in government and a lot of them are idiots too, but there's some out there I am sure know what they're talking about. I just personally haven't run across them or seen their material. So if you think it exists, send it to me. I'll take a look at it. I'll even do a show and tell you what I think if it's that bad or that good. But it's very, most of these boil down to things that are simple. And when I see guys, like I remember I used to watch guys that were like former DIA guys or CIA guys that would have conversations like I do, like we're about to have right now. And they make things like they're right and they're correct. And I, things I happen to know are correct. And they make it so simple that people reject it. So people reject what I'm about to say, but it's very simple. <laughs> the entire thing about the U.S. economy right now and our potential recession and what's going on with Ukraine and Israel are all connected for a simple, simple thing called follow the money. Almost always, it's all you have to do. Everything happens because of trade and treaties. And what are those about money? Trade's about money. Here's how simple it is. This is a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is a theory that you can go look up the numbers and prove. It's just a theory, though. It doesn't mean it's actually what's happening, but it looks pretty good, right? So for a long time, the way people believed or some people were taught or may have actually been the case, because I don't know where things changed on what day, was to be in a recession in the United States, it took two quarters of negative what GDP, GDP growth or economic growth, whatever it is, you can look up that old description. And so in July of 2022, like we met that. The problem was, is we were also adding in three other, I think there's four specific indicators. And we hadn't met one or two of the other ones. Anyway, since then, we've met three consistently, except for the money issue about the negative growth. That's why we don't say we're in a recession. And some people say, well, you were playing games. Those are the people you shouldn't be listening to. All they're trying to tell you is, well, I don't like this other guy because he has Paltech, so he must be playing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You need to look at the whys. Remember the purpose, the why. Why is that the result? Well, they're manipulating. Shut up. Give me the facts because the facts exist. Here's what you should be looking at. 
So, and this isn't conspiracy. Like, well, they created, manufactured. No, they didn't manufacture the wars. Those wars happened. They happened. It has nothing to do with us. But we did take advantage of that situation. And any president and any Congress would have done this, right? There's reasons why people pretend like they're against certain congressional bills and forum because of the political parties, but they go along with the ones that are beneficial for us anyway when the votes matter and why they play all these games because they know what's really important. That's a reason why we keep funding the militaries. Here's all you got to look at. So if you go look at our economy and go look at the NASDAQ and look at the S&P 500, you can go look at the Dow Jones, you can go look at the stock market, this is that's going up. You can tell me all the stuff in the world about things not making sense. I don't care. All you got to do is you look at the overall numbers that matter and the things that track and the things the government's talked about just for, say, the last two years. But if you want to, go back to the beginning of Donald Trump's presidency where they talk about the same type of things when it was growing positive. You'll see that there is some consistency in what they're saying and the different charts and things they look at. However, this time there's something a little interesting about it. If you were to take the top military contractors to develop weapons and equipment like missiles and ammunition and drones and, you know, the kinds of things that we're giving or I giving, we're selling to Ukraine and we're selling now to Israel. Well, what's going to happen? Well, those companies, yeah, it's military industrial contract. That's not the point. They're companies that have a consumer base that has decided to buy more products. So that's good for them. So what happens? Well, their stock value goes up and they make more money, right? They're like, well, it's a conspiracy because everybody in the government owns, that's not the issue. If a publicly traded company starts making more money, more business, their stock value goes up. That's one of the ways it goes up. Another way is people just start buying more of it, right? That's one of the ways, this is very, I, I get there's economists out there that listen. This is very oversimplified. You know that, you know who the people are that are listening. You can look all this up. So they're making more money, so their stock value goes up. Here's the thing though. Those numbers are so big. If you take like the top four, probably four to six contractor, depending on the month you look at, right? One of the things you notice, it's enough. It's just enough, a little bit more than enough money to keep us out of negative economic growth. Okay, that doesn't make it suspicious or interesting for the theory. You could actually find that pattern in all kinds of things at any time things go up or down. I mean, we willingly talk about it with the housing market, but we don't talk about it with commodities. The other thing, though, is you can take those changes and those sales, you can time them in time based on not only when Congress meets, but when those countries ask for support and when those war happens. But those timings, going back again, are based on when certain actions happen, like when our government's going to release certain reports about inflation and certain reports about job growth or not job growth and about whether or not we're having positive economic growth and when the quarter times out and when different meetings happen. And the timings are very consistent. You can find these dates and see all that stuff. All of it together, when you look at it, supports the idea that if you just look at the military contracts alone, that it looks suspicious. Some of you are sold. Don't be sold there. It looks suspicious. It's supported by this information, which that's what makes it a sound theory. It's not a conspiracy theory because you can find the factual, accurate information to support not just the theory, but back it up. And what it looks like is, if it wasn't for these wars, we may not be, we may be already, you know, made the recession on paper and unavoidably. Now, does that mean that we had anything to do with the wars and we created them? So no, that's conspiracy theory, horseshit. It's dumb. Those are the people that don't do what I just told you. They can't fig- They won't look that deep into it. They don't know how they can't figure it out. They just take this surface garbage. So no, it's not that. Are we trying to keep those wars going? No, I don't believe that for a second. But 
if you look at Ukraine, there's a benefit to keep it going beyond everything I've said, right? If you think back to some of the stuff we talked about with Russia, one of the things I've talked about, one of the few things I've talked about was their losses, financial impacts, you know, all the soldiers they got to conscript to replace other soldiers because they never ramped up. They just did replacements because they were getting their asses kicked. You know, as the war scaled down, everybody tried to say it ramped up. No. But the thing is, one of the benefits to a country like the United States, and wouldn't just be us, and I imagine this is considered, it It would be, this would be a conversation where I could see them. Maybe not trying, not trying to keep the war going, but not going out of the way to stop it either. I don't think they're doing this, but I'm saying it's, it's a possibility. Is that the longer it goes on, the unavoidable fact, just based on publicly available math, is it just is beating the shit out of the Russian economy. The thing is, that's the longer that goes on, it exponentially adds years and time for them to recover from it, right? Because like I've said, they're not the buddies people say they are with China. So and even if China bails them out, they're just going to owe China. So what that does is, is that takes... From 10 years ago, when we were talking about Russia being the biggest geopolitical foe, it pretty much at the point has removed them from the playing field to where when everybody kind of gave up on Russia and started going back to talking about China, they just happened to be right because what's happening right now is we're transitioning into this space where the only thing that does matter is China and that's all we're going to pay attention to and nobody's going to give a shit about Russia anymore because unless they just say wake up one morning and start to start launching nukes, they ain't got the manpower, the means, the motivation, or the money to really do the things they've done in the past. They've been getting beat. So that's the other part of it, of how this war is affecting things. So that being said, I'm already, this is already longer than I thought it was going to be, but let's move on. Let's look at the future of the show. So one of the episodes, I'm going to do one of the things, one of the series I'm going to do. So I got some positive, I mean, Luke was the first guy, but I'm rambling because I had too much coffee. Um, I did get positive feedback when I did how to read the news and how I had them together in like a little series. And I think... I'm comfortable with the idea of five, <laughs> which worked out because I did the counterintelligence thing as kind of an experiment announcing going to do some of the stuff on the disciplines. Counterintelligence is an activity and support of collection disciplines. The five collection disciplines are going to be a series I'm going to do. Right now, it looks like I'm going to do them like counterintelligence. It'll just be five, one on each one, and talk about them and whether or not they have an agency, what the agency does. As I build those shows out, which I, I'm not sure what point they're coming. Those are just happening this year. I'm not saying it's going to be December, but it definitely probably won't be January either. Um, as I build those out, I'll determine if it's going to be something lengthier or longer. I can see ways I could make it longer. I'm not saying I want to do that. But we'll be doing ones that are going to be kind of an in-depth look at what each discipline really is so that we can understand them. What you know, What is signals intelligence? What is open source intelligence? What is human intelligence? What is geospatial intelligence? What is measurement and signature intelligence. Those are the five collection disciplines. I say that so that if you ever hear anybody or ever pay for anything that somebody calls them an intel guy and tells you there's only four intelligence disciplines, you should never give them a dime again because that hasn't been true in about 20 years. Um, that is somebody who probably wasn't in the military. It was only a military intelligence guy and wasn't in there long enough to have any real experience to know anything and hasn't kept up with it. And I'm saying that because there's plenty of those dudes out there. There's five disciplines been around for like 20 years. So we're definitely going to look at those and, and some of the agencies involved. Um, some of the classics, of course, you know, more deception, body language stuff at some point. 
I'm like, I'm looking at morphing more. One of the things I'm looking at morphing that into is when we did the contest a while back, a couple years ago, I was using some videos. And so I always tell you, like, watch a video and turn the audio off. And I thought about, maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I'll just do a video on the paid side. Instead of creating my own video, I can take publicly available things that we can watch or that YouTube allows you to use and take a look at them and say, look, here's dude talking. Here's lady talking. Here's what they're doing. We're going to watch this two minutes, break it down. They're doing this. They're doing this. Here's what it looks like to me. And then we go back and listen to it with the audio and compare. So you can get an idea how I do that. And also see that why there's some channels out there that build their entire following that's really big making money off body language and has most of the time does some pretty decent stuff. They miss three quarters of it. There's a ton out there. I've considered doing that. That's going to eventually happen. I'd like to, like to see that happen this year. I'm looking at more of the spycraft type stuff, things I can translate into regular uh, audio like this, as well as possibly doing some, I don't want to do like pocket dumps or reviews. I suppose if somebody really wanted it, I would do it, but either looking at certain types of equipment and how it's used or processed or evaluating other things or looking at other people's videos that they've done, you know, focusing on not like ripping people apart, looking for the good ones and saying like, here's where this is good and here's what you can learn from this. Here is, we've talked about this before. Here's an example of people doing this type of surveillance. Here's examples of guys doing this type of craft over here like this, or here's some things that you probably don't think of as what we call spycraft or tradecraft by definition is. And, and here's why it's important because you're, you know, kind of trying to be a jack of all trades and an expert very quickly in certain things. And here's how that's done. And as an, one of the experiments I did were some of the shows like developing confidence and the, mo the motivation and morale, because I got the question on it and a few others like that, because a big portion of this world is that stuff, confidence and being calm and patience, you know, communication, building rapport. It's the whole thing's about relationships and it's far more stuff than we're ever taught. And that's a big part of it. The only reason I'm even still looking at that is because I get so much positive feedback. And I'm not saying I'm going to build constant series and go, okay, we're going to do five of this and five of this, but I'd like to do more of them because there was a positive response to having those grouped together. So looking at this notebook, I, cause I tell you, I always carry notebooks, little pocket ones. I'm looking over the things here. Like, uh, oh, if any of you guys know, how, if this can even be done, where I can take any of these images I've been using, like even the one for the podcast, and turn it into a vector file. If that can be done, please tell me how to do it. But things I'm looking at doing is, I do want to get, I don't know that it'll happen this year, but I would like to get my own website up so that we can do writing and do some instructional blogs. Also, I'd like to take pieces of, one of the things Spotify does is they do a written translation of the show. So every time I cuss or every time I go, uh, uh, what, that's all in there. It's not like, it's a legit transcription, but it's not beautiful. Is take portions of that, clean up the writing to uh, use those as pieces for blog entries. You could call them articles. I don't think that's fair. You know, I'd like to have a literature recommendation by category for people who are interested in articles, studies, or books, or even other people's blog material to support things that we do here. That's other resources because there's a lot of people that I actually am kind of surprised how many people went after written information to learn more. I just, I guess I just subconsciously assumed everybody wanted YouTube videos or something. I do want to, however we work the store out, I do want to expand it. One of the things I looked at in there because I was going to order samples was like, I know they had the pillows and stuff, but they had like the canvas printouts. And when I saw the backs of them after I made them, I, I need to order one because I think they're probably bad. 
I take a lot of photos and some are pretty decent. And then I finally got a new phone. It's got a great camera and I got my camera I used to use for live video that takes great pictures. And I want to start doing more of that just as a hobbyist. But I actually, if I get good enough ones, I would put them up just to see if people would like them as, as pieces because it's, you know, it's print on demand. So it's, I'm doing the picture anyway. I'm editing it anyway for myself, sharing it with my family. I could throw it up there and maybe somebody wants it. I'm looking for, yeah, I got to update the show notes that's on there. I use like Logica Pro is the big program. I have it. I want to relook it. I, I learned it one day and got distracted. I'm going to try using that to do more editing on the shows to make the shows a little better. And then let's see. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the voice sample thing is, but you'll know it when you see it. I've built a format plan for the show. They're, they're all fairly similar, but because of the ad placement and the whether or not it's short or what I'm calling a short or long show, I built a consistent format plan so that it's easier for a listener. For me as a listener, it's easier, but for me as a creator, it's much easier. It may not even matter to you. Um, there's a specific program I'm going to learn to use that I've chosen for writing that integrates well with any WordPress website, which is what I'm looking at. Not WordPress itself, but WordPress affiliated websites for a website. That makes it a lot easier to write, to take stuff I've already created or will create, to get it on there, to make it more clean. And and I've got the material, the knowledge, and the research. It's, you know, when I the times I need to have references and put them on there, the times I need to have it in a certain format or certain writing style, it's going to help with that. Uh, stuff I've really always doing is taking a lot of stuff I used to do <laughs> when I was working and just making it for you guys and, and you know making it better based on technology. Some of the stuff we have today that's free, like I'd have killed for that 10, 15 years ago <laughs> and paid money for it to have it working for the government. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, those are some personal goals that don't matter if you're not going to care about. Actually, it's a, I read most of it. It's a pretty short list. And then just, I'll close out by saying, just these are my travel plans. Um, so you guys know, I've already talked to my friends I plan on visiting. So I'm in uh, Washington right now, visiting my mother as I do every year for the holidays. So the plan is, hopefully by the end of January, I, I think that should be easy. I should be heading out of here. I'm, you know, there's late, right now it looks like late winter, but we may have no winter. We got El Nino going on. But my plan is, weather dependent, I'm going to head back over to Idaho to start. I've got fishing license I bought for a year. I would like to run that out and try to catch one fish. <laughs> and if uh, the snow melt hasn't happened or there's no heavy stow, it'll be nice low water, cold fish that are hungry. should be good because the water will be real clean. They'll be starving. And uh, of course, a lot of photos and stuff along the way. I'm going to go probably revisit a few places there. And uh, what I'll do is I'll head south. I'll go through Utah to Salt Lake so I can end up Black Rifle to buy supplies for several months. And then I'm going to go down to Arizona for my Arizona friends, especially some of you who already have texted that I have a new phone number, some of which I owe you a phone call. I plan on being down there for a while and seeing some of you guys. So you can plan for that. When's that going to happen? Uh, by March at the latest. Should be March at the very latest. And then um, actually I should be there early enough that I'm leaving in the middle of March. So we can hang out get some drinks, do some training, whatever. From there, I'll head east. I've got a few. I, I'm telling you the main place I'm going, people I'm visiting, there's several in-between places I want to see, national parks. I have this whole list of 
specific museums and things I want to go and do. But this is planning to be a long trip with the podcast money pulling in and the fact that I have Starlink now where I can sit down, focus. I got this nice little desk thing that fits in my tiny house trailer. I can do these shows, put a few hours in a day if I want to or every other day or take two days and do two weeks worth of work, whatever. And then do a little extra money and I can go do some extra things. So I head through there. I got some stuff in Texas I'm going to do. And then I got uh, my closest friends in the United States I'm going to be seeing in Oklahoma and Arkansas and then potentially Georgia if he's in the country. That fucker hasn't answered my phone calls. Uh, yeah, that'll be a conversation. Um, several places around there I want to go see and then I'm going to work my way up the coast. And then if I get that far and it looks that good and I'm going to go up the coast, what I'm going to do now, because this will surprise the shit out of him and he's already probably thinking it, because I actually want to get up probably to Maine or somewhere up there. Luke, you can tell me the best place to go so that we can meet up potentially. And because of my freedom of time, I'll have enough time to plan to be wherever you can be if you think that's something you can do. I presume... I don't think it'll be as early as April. My, my, my goal is to head up that way as we start to get into summer so I'm not in the southern half of the United States. So May, June-ish, I'm guessing right now. Obviously, we have constant contact, so I'll be letting you know. But so people know that's the plan. Meet, meet Luke. See if I can meet him, Jess. Then from there, I'll head west, see a few things, come across the northern parts through the plains, wherever I choose to go, and roll out my summertime across Montana. There's a bunch of stuff in eastern Montana I want to see all the way to the west where I'll be going up through the northwest portion of Montana in the summer in the good weather where all the trees are and all the animals and stuff and hit some places up there and come up through northern Idaho by the Canadian border. Come down through Sandpoint into Coeur d'Alene where I will head west on Interstate 90 from Spokane, Washington back over to Seattle. And then uh, I'm thinking... Six months or so is what this time period will cover where I can do a lot of stuff. So that's the plan. So surprise for you in Arizona, but also surprise for Luke. I've been thinking about this a while. I just, I didn't want to say anything to you. I wanted to do it on the show just to, just because I know it's a surprise for you. That's Merry Christmas, I guess. Or if you don't want to meet up, fuck you. Whatever works. Find some dead penguins on your porch. That'll, that's what'll happen. Skin them little bastards. I will tell you, though, if you want to see something fun, if you do go check out the store, because <laughs> Luke's uh, Luke the Cop has Rush Creek Survival, his survival company, and he used to do the YouTube there. He, I called it Rush Creek Survival, and it's this image. I think I told you guys, but it's an image of him. It's a cop. It's, it looks like him, but it was a Canadian cop riding a moose with a Canadian flag, chasing a penguin, wearing a Santa hat. And it looks like Luke about five or six years ago. <laughs> Um, he didn't have glasses then. He has glasses now, but it looks like Luke. It's hilarious. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for coming to 2023. Season five is about to start. And through the next few weeks, you'll start hearing some changes and upgrades to the show right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. <laughs>